201, explaining point four from this chapter's outline. By His divine providence, the Lord composes the affections of the whole human race into a single form, which is a human one. That this is the universal endeavor of divine providence will be seen in the discussion that follows next. Those who ascribe everything to nature also ascribe everything to human prudence. For people who ascribe everything to nature, at heart, deny God. And people who ascribe everything to human prudence, at heart, deny divine providence. One is inseparable from the other. But still, for the sake of their reputation and good name, and for fear of losing it, both classes of people give lip service to the idea that divine providence is universal, but say that its particulars lie with mankind, and that these particulars as a whole are what is meant by human prudence. Yet think to yourself what a universal providence would be divorced from particulars, whether it would be anything other than just an expression. For that is called universal, which is formed at the same time of particulars, as a whole is the product of its parts. If you divorce the particulars, therefore, what then is the universal, other than like something empty within, thus like a casing with nothing inside, or a whole that contains nothing in its compass? If you should say that divine providence is a universal government, with nothing being governed but only held together, and matters requiring government being directed by others, can it be called a universal government? This is not the kind of government any king has. For if a king were to allow his subjects to govern everything in his kingdom, he would no longer be a king, but only someone called king, thus having simply the honor of the title, but no position of any importance. No government can be said to rest in such a king, much less a universal government. What is in God called providence is, in man, called prudence. Just as one cannot call it a universal prudence in the case of a king who reserves for himself no more than the title, in order that his kingdom may be called a kingdom, and so be held together, so one cannot call it a universal providence if people provide for everything out of their own prudence. The case is the same with the terms universal providence and universal government when said of nature when they are used to mean that God created the universe and gave nature the power to produce everything of itself. What then is universal providence but a metaphysical term, which beyond the term has no reality? Of those people who attribute to nature everything that it produces, and to human prudence everything that it accomplishes, and yet with the lips say that God created nature, there are also many who think of divine providence only as an empty term. But the case in itself is this, that divine providence is present in the least particulars of nature and in the least particulars of human prudence, and because of its presence in these it is universal.